What's going on, guys? It's your host of the Sky High Sports Podcast, James Bryan. I guess it's a basketball podcast. Uh, it's James Bryan. I'm here. I'm being your host. I'm doing everything I possibly can to bring you all that and more. Last night, the NBA preseason tipped off. So I thought I would really express to you my enjoyment for basketball. Now, I know that football has been ingrained into my day-to-day or year-to-year living as far as a sports fan, but I cannot deny that the passion and the amount of blood flow I get in certain places with the NBA eclipses football. There's so much more drama, there's so much more to watch, and there's so much more to really pay attention to. There's always a storyline. The players are bigger. The rosters are smaller. It's easier to pay attention to. The numbers aren't so difficult for me. So what I thought I would do, as this is my passion project as I've put it out, you may be wondering, why is this my passion? I love the numbers, and I want to figure out how each one of these teams spent the last decade getting to where they are now. We're going to start with a very – we're going to do alphabetical order, and we're going to go – from 09 to 2010 till now. Now, this first episode is probably going to be a bit shorter, maybe, depending on how long it goes. This is actually, uh, if this goes up, then the test has very much been successful, as this is really only a test. Um, now, I've used Operation Basketball, or what is it called? Um, basketball Reference to really help me out with this and grab all my stats and really help me figure out what it is. Now, you may be wondering, James, you don't have to do this. I could just read this by myself. But I understand that research and looking at these numbers really doesn't always help everyone. Sometimes reading doesn't always do you good, but listening to it when you have time does. So that's what I'm here to do because I've always wanted a podcast where I had everything handed to me, all my numbers, so I could really look at it for myself. But I'm also going to bring this as an entertaining thing and really make it expressive as we go on. So this first episode, we're, of course, like I said, we're going to take care of the Atlanta Hawks in 2009 and 2010. Um, I don't have everything researched yet, but since this is only a test, it, when this goes up, it will be the first episode. Uh, officially, uh, we will be – I will be uh, really, really hyping this up uh, by myself. So the Atlanta Hawks in 2009 – we're rolling off the backs of a semi-successful year the year previous. We're going to get into that later on after we roll up and get caught back up. We're going to go back and do from 2000 to 2009, 2010, whatever. And this year, they went 53-29. and 20, 29. Their expected win-loss was actually 54-28, and 28, so really they lived up to the expectations at the preseason that they were given by everyone else. Their average age in this year was 26.5. Now, if I look, let me look at my paper real quick. Let me just make sure my nads. I just got to make sure my stats are all. Oh, okay, okay. I get that now. So they were actually 17th in the league with their age. Uh, sitting at 26.5 years old, it was actually a 2.7% increase on the age from the year prior, which actually only makes sense to say that percentage. I say, yeah, they got a bit older, although they did draft a couple guys, as you will see. The height was 6'7". It was actually 6'7 overall. 
Um, it was actually set uh, for third in the league. Uh, I don't know how. Um, I'm not really going to be following that stat. That just means that they uh, average six foot seven. Uh, minutes played uh, per game, 242.1. That means they rolled into overtime, and it's a 0.8% increase from the year prior, which actually doesn't mean really too much more than me other than they played an overtime game. Um. So let's just look at some of these numbers. As a team, they uh, were actually they 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 attempted eighty two point nine field goals. Um, let me just make sure that I got it right. I'm I see, and this is probably why this episode isn't going to go because I just need to make sure. I'm so confused. Uh... Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm going to go over... uh... Obviously, I have this set up because I have opponents field goal per game and where they lined up in the league. Um, So we're going to start with field goals. They made 38.3 on average. Their opponents only made 37.2, which actually has a differential of 1.6 points per game. They rank sixth in the league, a 7.5 increase from the year prior. Uh, Field goal average also increased by 5.4% to 82.9 per game as the uh, opposition did 80.8. They lined up 12th in the league for that one. Therefore, field goal percentage was a smooth 0.468 0.468 across the board, including opponents, uh, for a 0.010% increase. They didn't really improve in their uh, field goal percentage, but, you know, three-point attempts or three-point made per game. 6.4, their opponents did 5.9, ranked 14th in the league, and they actually dipped a bit. They, they dipped to 12.2% from the year prior on the three-point made. So um, even if this next stat, the three-point attempted, which is 17.7, their opponents did 17.0, they were ranked 10th or 15th in the league, and they actually went down 10.9%. They didn't shoot as many threes. And as we get to the roster, you'll be able to pretty much figure out why. And uh, their field goal or their three-point percentage was .360 as a team. 0.345 0.345 for their opponent, ranked ninth in the league, and um, actually was a 0.006 negative differential from the year prior. Uh, this is where they make their biggest strides as a team, and you'll see this because of the roster uh, here in a few minutes. They're uh, two point per game made. 32.4. The opponents had 31.3. They were lined up eighth in the league. They were an explosive offensive. Uh, threat from the two-point range, whether it be from the shallow or from the deep two all the way up to the paint. They were really good. They actually had a 12.6 increase of two-point made from the year prior. Uh, Same with the uh, two points attempted. They actually went up, what is that, 11%? And they ranked 11th in the league uh, with a 65.2 attempted uh, two-point per game while their opponents did 63.8. So their opponents really try to, um, it looks like their opponents could really just try to do whatever they were doing. And it kind of worked out in their favor because 
I mean, none of these numbers so far have been trailing off, but you're about to you're about to see what where we're at. They're two point percentage with a point not four, or four nine seven, almost a five hundred as a team, uh, which is actually pretty solid. Their opponents point four ninety one. 11th in league, a .007 uh, increase on that. Uh, free throws uh, made per game, 17.7. Their opponent, 16.8. Um, they rank 21st in the league, I believe that is, uh, with a 5.5 negative differential from the year prior. Uh, the attempts of free throws, they only got 23.3 per game. Their opponents got 22.6. They were 23rd in the league. And negative 3.2 from the year prior. But uh, their uh, free throw percentage did go up by 0.21% to get him to 0.759 for the season, as our opponents only did 0.745 on them. Now, let's split up their rebounding rate. They got about 11.8 offensive rebounds per game, as our opponents got 11.2, ranked 6th in the league, and 11.4% increase from the year prior. The defensive rebounds, 29.9, 30.1 for the opposition. There uh, there wasn't much difference. 23rd in the league, a, what is that, 1.6% increase from the year prior, and total rebounds, 41.7, if you can do the math, 41.4 for the opponents, ranked 11th in the league, and a 4.2 increase or percent increase from the year prior. That's a good thing. They were getting there, uh, really honing in on that two-point bombs from 15 feet out in the middle of nowhere because nobody's going to defend the mid-range because as Houston Rockets have exposed in the recent couple years that the mid-range game did not exist, but Chris Paul kind of says otherwise. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a field shot and people don't like to feel the game. I don't know. Their assists for the season, a 8.8% increase from the year per, uh, prior to lead them to 21.8 per game and a 21 average against uh, ranking 12th in the league. Now, the steals in the game, they did take a little bit of a dip, 1.8% to be. In fact, I know that it isn't a lot, but in a grand scheme of things, it is. 7.2 over the entirety of the season, 6.2 for the opposition, ranking 15th in the league. Blocks, uh, they had a 9.8% increase, almost 10 uh, to 5 per game and 4.4 opposition. Turnover uh, per game, it looks like 12 per game and 13.8. For their opposition ranking first in the league, actually it was a dip from the year prior where they had six, uh, where they averaged six point five percent more of them. Uh, point, oh, I think that's point four. So points per game, they got one hundred one point seven. Their opposition usually ended up with a ninety-seven point oh, ranking thirteenth in the league, a three point six percent increase from the year prior. Which leads us to this. So far, what we can assume about the Atlanta Hawks in 2009 and 2010 was the way that they got their points were really quick and efficient two-point 
threats. They really weren't a threat from outside. You could catch them outside with a specific number of players, but the way that they played, they really wanted to keep you inside the big ring and really wanted to play you pretty old school, honestly. It looked like it was a lot of team ball with the, the this is 21.8 uh, against their opposition who only got 21. I mean, it looked about average anyways, and that's where they kind of line up. So it, it really shows the times have changed because you normally wouldn't see this low of a three-point attempt even. Um, you know, uh, you look at, let's just say, um, how about we just look at the Thunder a year ago for their three-point Let me just hold up your, your stats. Let's just look at the stats for a 2021 Thunder. Uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay. They uh, attempted 35 uh, three points, and they've been rolling off of 30 for the last about five, four, four years. So even before Westbrook left, they've been rolling it for four years. And around the time of 2009, 2010, for them, they were only averaging about half that. So in the last five years, you see that big difference where they step up almost doubling the, the Thunder double their three points uh, and attempts per game and the amount that they make them as well. And their three point percentage does not really take a huge dip in relation to that. They actually, the, uh, the, the improvements of shooters over that amount of time has improved. So now you're going to be able to meet the roster, the men who make the mission happen, the men who bring the passion, the ones who, Bring you the action. Who are these men? Let's go over them right now. Number nine, your point guard for this team, standing six foot three, weighing 100. Is that 45? That's probably 95. Yeah, that's 195. A rookie in this year from Wake Forest, Jeff Teague. Drafted in as a pretty uh, highly, or not highly touted, but a guy who could get things done and make impact right on the first year. As you'll see next episode, maybe not so much by the grand scheme of things. Your other point guard, standing six foot one, weighing not 190 pounds, having 11 years of experience up to this point from Arizona, Mike Bibby. Your number six, a shooting guard, standing six foot five, weighing 210. Two years of experience. Georgia Tech is where he came from. Mario West, number two, shooting guard, standing six foot seven, weighing 240 pounds. Eight years of experience at this point from Arkansas. Joe Johnson. Number 11, shooting guard, standing six foot five, weighing 185 pounds, with nine years of experience from Michigan, Jamal Crawford. Number 24, small forward, standing six foot eight, 
weighing 237 pounds with four years of experience from the University of North Carolina, Marvin Williams. Number 50, small forward, standing six foot eight, weighing 225 pounds, one year of experience underneath his belt from Ohio State, Othello Hunter. Number one, small forward, standing six foot five, weighing 220 pounds with six years of experience from Wichita, a transfer from Wichita State to Texas, Maurice Evans. Number five, power forward, standing six foot nine, weighing 225 pounds with five years experience from high school, Josh Smith. Number 32, power forward, standing six foot 10, weighing 225 pounds as well with 14 years of experience from Maryland, Joe Smith. Your last power forward, number 33, standing six foot 10, weighing 266 pounds and coming from Kentucky. I forgot his name. Let me just double check. You gotta give me a second. I don't mean to do it. Give me just a second. Okay. I'm fairly certain this is Randolph Morris. I apologize. Number 27, center, standing 6'11", weighing 270 pounds with six years of experience from Tbilisi, Georgia. Tbilisi, Georgia. Saza Pachulia. Number 15, center, 6'9", weighing 240 pounds with two years of experience. From I, Florida. Oh, I should have done FLA. Ah, see, that's where you make those mistakes. I'll keep that in mind for next time, though. Uh, your number 15 center, standing six foot nine, weighing 240. Oh, wait, I did that one. 34, uh, height, 7 foot, weighing 225 or 255 pounds, excuse me, with 8 years of experience from Stanford, Jason Collins. Your mic, uh, for, uh, it's okay. Your coach is Mike Woodson. With 6 years of experience at this point, this is actually his final season here with, uh, the Hawks. It was unfortunate. Actually, it really wasn't unfortunate. After six years, it started to get really old with not only the fans, but the players that it really wasn't making the bright improvements year to year. And honestly, this team at this point in their in their running was kind of at an interesting point. The 50, the 50 year old did go on to have more of a career and we'll get to him here in a couple of years. But it was actually short-lived as he did spend a lot of time as an assistant coach. But unfortunately, his time as a head coach was really nothing to talk about. Even these seasons with Atlanta, even when they did get second place and get good in the or do semi-good in the playoffs, it just wasn't enough after, you know. Well, it wasn't good enough to keep around Mike Woodson after the season. Their general uh, manager was actually Rick Sud or Sund. Uh, 
He actually was the general manager with the, at the time, Seattle Seahawks right before they moved in 2007-2008 up until uh, April 2007. Now, uh, Rick Sud will be around this story for the next couple years with this team up until 2012. So you don't have to worry about him forever, but for right now, you got somebody who could, at very least, has proven to this point, even with the Thunder, to be able to be solid. Because at the time, they did do right when he left. I think they they were about to draft KD, so it was actually about to be Sam Presti. I would believe so. Uh, so let's just look at the a little bit more into what this team did. So. These statistics next are going to be more descriptive of how they played inside a game, giving you a better description of, you know, their what 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 their team did. So pace is a number that's given. Basically, it's like possessions in a game. The better your number, the faster of a pace you run. Now they were second league with this with a ninety point one. Now. We'll get to the best team in the league for that year once we get to them. But let's just put this in perspective. There wasn't this means that they were a very running gun type of offense. They were very quick. They got off as soon as they got the rebound and quickly went to the other side of the court, scored with a two pointer most likely, unless you were giving it off to one of your players like Jamal Crawford, who won't be the most consistent with the three point, but probably is your best off. Opportunity, but you're gonna what you're gonna do is run a quick fast break to the other end as quick as you can, toss it to Josh Smith, who is running towards the paint, lob it up. Well, probably don't lob it up because he probably won't bring it down. Give it to Al Jefferson because at the time, Al Jefferson's a highly recruited pro or a highly touted prospect, only has three, it's only his third year, and you're getting good production out of him. Now let's look at the uh, offense and the defense. Offense rating was actually second with a 111.9. That means uh, basically it's the same thing. The higher the rating, the better it is. Uh, being second in the league in offense rating, which means basically your production overall. This number rates your production overall. And as the rating suggests, they were second in the league with a 111.9. That means they were highly explosive. But as you'll see now with their defensive rating, they were actually kind of league average at 13th with only 106.7. So as you can see, as a second seed, you could see the obvious flaw. They like modern day Kansas City. Their offense is always going to be really great. But their defense, it's about average. And if you have an average defense, you'll see pretty soon that it, it doesn't end well. Um, so let's look at some of their transactions. There isn't a ton and I'm not going to get too in de detail with it because it's not really what I wanted to get into this episode. I really just wanted to see how this would work out on August 25th. Joe Smith signed his contract. We'll get into a little bit more of what that first year looked like. And we'll obviously go through the rest of it. Uh, Jason Collins signed on September 2nd of that year in 2009. Uh, Mike Wilkes, uh, signed on the 28th of September and then they cut Mike Wilkes, uh, only a couple weeks later on the 20th, I think that's what it was. They waived Mario West on the October 21st and January 5th, they cut Otello Hunter 
they actually brought back Mario West on the 12th of January, about a week after they cut Othello Hunter. And they gave him a 10-day contract, which they transitioned to a full contract after that was done. On the draft uh, that year, they did draft Damian Jones with the 24th pick in the first round. And with the 63rd in the second round, uh, that's Pape Sai. Um, they also uh, traded Damian Jones on draft night. Wait. Oh, these were drafted in 2009, I think. No? No, this was after the season. So, uh, Jamal Crawford will be included into the Atlanta section because it only makes sense to me, and I feel like that's what needs to happen. Jamal Crawford was uh, traded to the Nets for Damian Jones for him and Tibor Plee. Don't know how I'm... Okay. So let's kind of go into, at the very least, the top five players you would find. Actually, hold up. I'm right. It was in 2009 when Jamal Crawford got traded. So it was before the season, because I got the season underway a couple months later. So I was right. Um, It was preseason activity. Uh, These transactions actually go from... July to July, or late June to July the next year, so it kind of is weird. No. Yes. They did it backwards. Seems like it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what did they do? Um, overall, they actually were the number three seed. They won in the first round against the Bucks, four to three, brought them to seven. The Bucks were six, and they brought them really to the point. It really gassed them out in the first round. They, with their average defense, really didn't do too much to push them around. But at the same time, their offense did really get them to that point. The very next round, though, they did meet somebody who was uh, maybe a bit better. At this time, Orlando was. A good team, let's just say. And they went in, Atlanta went into Orlando, went into those four games, and pretty much laid over and let them have the business. They took it so hard in the bum that you would think that someone like Riley Reed was actually innocent overall. Sort of. They did get swept out for it nothing, and they took it home and really cried about it over the offseason because at the time, Orlando was really good with, I think, still Dwight Howard. <laughs> <coughs> so the stats I have for these players are six players. So we're going to go over the six biggest players so far, and then we're going to pick up with the next episode with the rest of the roster. And we're going to go into a bit more of the next, saying we might start transitioning to the next year or based on whatever info I find. I'll also add other things to these players, um, like awards and things like that. I'll come and fix it and sweep it up the next episode, things like that. So let's start with Joe Johnson. He was 28 at the time. Uh, Of course, he was a shooting. Was he a shooting guard?
But give me just yeah, he was. Joe Johnson, your starting shooting guard, uh, actually getting paid the most of this team at fourteen point nine seven six milli uh, on the year. Uh, brought in to really bring in a difference. Played seventy six of seventy six. Uh, started all of them. Played thirty eight minutes per game. Uh, let's look at us. Let's look at this percents uh field goal percentage of 45 or 0.4583 per point percentage of 0.369 two point percentage of holy fuck i didn't get it i will get it i'll, I'll get back to you on that one I, all right that was on me uh free throw percentage of 0.818 so once he got to the line he did really do great with it uh, 818 as you'll see is definitely not the worst you get in this uh Total rebounds in the season, 4.6 per game, assists 4.9 per game, and steals 1.1 per game, as well as 0.1 block per game. really doesn't matter. He averaged 21.3 points per game overall and had a solid season, leading this team to an easy three-seed uh, second in the division, though. Josh Smith, he's 24 at the uh, time. He's a power forward, getting paid. 10.8 million played 81 of 81 started 81 games that he played in uh, i guess that one was maybe just a he set up my final game of the season who knows played 35.1 point uh minutes per game with a uh, field goal percentage of 0.551 and actually oh wait 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 he played 35.4 minutes per game with a Field goal percentage of 0.505. Sorry, I went too far down. And actually, he didn't qualify because, well, for three point percentage, because as I recall, he didn't actually take a three point percentage, which is what you'll be seeing a lot from, from Mr. Josh Smith, as you'll probably see. This is just the first year of me explaining to you that this is a problem and he needed to solve this fast because you saw his two point percentage at point. 508, which in by itself being a power forward, which uh, would also draw you in as the big lunking power forward down the middle, classical like the 90s and 80s, with a free throw percentage of 0.6. Yeah, 0.618. He actually did bring in a lot of rebounds at 8.7 per game, assisted 4.2. Uh, times per game uh, had 1.6 steals per game, 2.1 blocks per game, 2.4 turnovers per game, and averaged 15.7 on a on a good night, or on most nights. Al Horford, age 23, he was getting paid 4.307 million dollars. Played and started in 81 games, uh, 35.1. Uh, minutes per game. Uh, had a field goal percentage of 0.551, so really pulling it down in that paint. So exactly what he is uh, always meant to do. Uh, hold up, I gotta do something real quick. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Okay. Um. A two or a three point. Actually, he only made so he only attempted weirdly one shot in this season from three point range. And ironically, the man, the myth, the legend, Al Warford actually drained it. 
um, with a two point per uh, field goal percentage of 0.551 and a three or a full goal pers- or a free throw percentage of 0.789, rebounding 9.9 per game, uh, assisting 2.3 times per game, stealing 0.7 times per game, and getting 1.1 block per game. While also bringing uh, 14.2 points per game along with that. Uh, pretty solid stuff from the big man out of... Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so Jamal Crawford. He's actually 29 at the time. He's a shooting guard, obviously. Actually played in 79 games. And you know what? If you know Jamal Crawford, you know this stat. Is it going to be surprising? He actually didn't start one. Didn't start one. And actually, his lineups were successful, as you'll see here in a few minutes. I actually got an interesting stat to show you. Um, I'm going to bring one interesting stat uh, that I can from this team. And I got one for you for this team. And I'll give it to you last. Uh, So as you know, he got 31.1 minutes per game with a field goal percentage of I forgot it again. So we'll get back to you shortly uh three point percentage of 0.382 two point percentage of 0.491 free throw percentage of 0.857 send him to the line he'll make you suffer rebounding 2.5 per game uh assisting three point or three times a game stealing 0.8 times per game blocks 0.2 turnovers per game 1.7 so low turnover with a high payoff points per game 18 and he was getting paid about 9.360 million dollars to be the sixth man of the year which he did actually win um so good for him marvin williams a small forward at the time 23 getting paid 7.5 million dollars uh 81 of 81 games he's played in he started and he averaged 30.5 minutes per game with a 4.55 field goal percentage. Three-point percentage sat at 303 with a two-point percentage of 492. With a free throw percentage of 0.819, he was pretty solid from the line. You knew that he was going to be at least mildly dangerous from the line. Not always perfect, but going to get you a lot. He had a uh, 5.1 rebounds per game, assisting 1.1 time per game. Uh, steals 0.8, block 0.6, turnover 0.9, and 10.10 points per game. Now we get to the last man I have done research on, and the last man I have for you today before I end the episode, Mike Bibby. Now I know, once I said Mike Bibby, you're like, man, what was he doing at the time? Well, he was in Atlanta, still very much a point guard. He was 31 years old. He's getting paid $6.217 million. To start 82 games. Nah, he played in 80. Wait. Yeah, he played in 80. I think. I might need to double check that one. 27.4 minutes per game. A field goal percentage of 0.416. Three-point percentage of 0.389. Two-point percentage of 0.444. Uh, field goal or free throw percentage of 8.81 or 0.861, so good. 2.3 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists per game, 0.8 steals per game, no blocks per game, and 
1.1 turnover per game. With a 9.1 points per game average, this team was solid. Once I get the rest of the bench written down, uh, we'll be able to continue with this episode. I just wanted to give you a good freaking preview of this. Interestingly enough, their best starting lineup. So you can go back and check the roster, and once I get the rest of this done, you can kind of piece it together and put them together. Part one, done. The interesting set that I got for you for this team, the best lineup uh, actually involved Jamal Crawford at point guard, Evans at shooting guard. Uh, the center was Al Horford. The small forward, Marvin Jones. Power forward, Josh Smith. Now, what did that really do? They, or how long did they spend together? It was actually 45.16 total minutes in the entirety of the season. That's interesting. How, or how is this interesting? Why is this interesting? The actual amazing part of this lineup is actually their percentage of effectiveness and their plus minus was actually really good as a lineup. This lineup actually did plus 10 games per 100 position they their stats per game on per 100 possessions or per 100 possessions was 10 plus per game over any other lineup that they provided and actually they got 48.8 points per 100 possession which is the biggest number and the biggest number that is the biggest outlier they had a that lineup was actually surprisingly good uh, let's just look at what that looked like. Let's just give you kind of a scope. So we have Jamal Crawford, sixth man of the year, played 30 minutes plus per game at the time, 29 years old, awesome guy to really put around your team. You got small forward Maurice Evans at the shooting guard, uh, somebody who's going to give you a little bit of juice, but also keep it young. Or give you some veteran experience. Sorry, six years in the league, seven years. Al Horford, at the time, a uh, young center. Only played, this was his only third year in the league. Uh, playing really good alongside Marvin Williams, who uh, actually was in his fourth year in the league. And you also had uh, Smith, Josh Smith. I think that's Josh Smith. I would imagine that is Josh Smith. I wouldn't imagine. Well, hold up. Yeah, it's Josh Smith. Josh Smith, uh, who is on his sixth year in the league at the time. Their lineup, that lineup, that five-man lineup, out of all of them, only playing 45 minutes, outshone them all. If they really would have looked at, been really into the advanced analytics and looking into the numbers and really paying attention, Maybe that lineup would have popped up over a couple hundred minutes um, as they played about a thousand minutes with their main lineup of, uh, excuse me, of of the players that I said. We have Mike Bibby starting at the one. Uh, Number two actually was interesting, or actually number two was Joe Johnson, but he got bumped down to – Shooting guard as Marvin Williams came out to play the power forward and center was Al Horford. 
Um, Jamal Crawford was the first man off the bench, obviously averaging 31.1 minutes per game. You wouldn't see him staying there the entire time. Mike, maybe uh, he did solid in his time, but obviously, you know, it was Jamal Crawford time. This was this first. Uh, this was the very first episode. Um, I think I'm gonna post it. It really felt good to record it, and hopefully you enjoy it. And hopefully you'll join me for the next uh, podcast. Hopefully uh, I brought you what you needed to know, and hopefully you learned something. And maybe you didn't. Maybe you just enjoyed hearing my vo- voice drone on. Maybe you like my little dry humor jokes that I try to pump in in there. Just remember, these Atlanta Hawks have a long way to go, and just like any other Atlanta sports team. The Atlanta sports curse lives on strongly with these guys. You're about to really see where these Atlanta Hawks have came from, from Joe Johnson, Jamal Crawford, Mike Bibby, and many others, Josh Smith, to what they have now, Trey Young, John Collins, and many others. This is in celebration of basketball, and this is my version of celebrating the new basketball season. Hopefully you guys enjoy the season, and hopefully you guys enjoy the content that I'm giving you guys. If you could. Uh, wherever you find the podcast, give it a uh, comment uh, or give it a uh, review. Uh, go and uh, tell your friends. Go find me on social media, the real James B ninety five on Twitter, uh, and you'll find me on Facebook, James Bryan. Uh, parentheses coach. If you really want to know who it is, I'm a bald man with a beard. I'm beautiful. So keep it easy, you guys. Stay high. Vibe the vibe. It's your boy, James B. Take it easy.